1: entrepreneur,
0: investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business for another week. And this week, I have an interview with someone I have been waiting to speak with for some time. In fact, I've been waiting all day for this conversation because this guy, I've met him a few weeks ago. I've been on his amazing podcast. We've shared the stage on Clubhouse together. We've got some great friendships forming behind the scenes. And his story is absolutely incredible. So welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Stephen Scoggins.
1: Dude, it is so awesome to see you. I've been waiting to hang out with you for so long, man. This is going to be fun. It's been a trying day for us, hasn't it? (laughs) It's okay. This is real business, baby. This is how it
0: works. It's always, (laughs) what I say, it's how you show up that means absolutely everything, right? That's right. That's right. So let me, me, you know, give the listeners a bit of a flavor of who Stephen Scoggins is. Okay, so firstly, an award-winning, successful, multi-million dollar serial entrepreneur of, get this, six businesses, ranging from construction to thought leadership to real estate. Uh, most notably recognized for going from homelessness to excelling towards a nine-figure industry leader, he now uses the power of the pain of his past to help people discover who they are, why they are here, and what to do about it. So now, now everyone knows why I was so excited to have this conversation.
1: <laughs> and I thought it just because you like me.
0: <laughs> let's begin. Let's begin. You know what, what's yeah. interesting about your story, right? Cause I've heard it a few times now because um, <laughs> we, we have a very similar connection point and I'll bring it up as I go through, but, but you know, how did how do you go from homelessness or such a, a, a let's say a chaotic past yeah. to a nine figure industry leader? How does that
1: happen? Easy. One step at a time.
0: <laughs> no, and it's also too easy. To come on, don't say why well, yeah. I, I call, I call it the roll. Life's a roller coaster, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Like, no, know, I and, think
1: you know. I think there's 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 moments in your life that you think are there to destroy you or take you out or cause you suffering or cause you pain, not realizing that those very moments are ultimately what are, is going to and shaping the very. Need to come to take the message that you have in your heart or your business or whatever straight to the marketplace. And for me, the chaotic upbringing, the homelessness, the uh, growing up with my grandmother, the watching my father struggle financially, uh, even though he worked as hard as he possibly could. He was a sun up to sun down kind of guy, right? Even though uh, being on framing crews from the time I was 11 to 16, the leading crews to going through difficult situations in high school and, and having to drop out to take care of the family early on, All of that stuff in the moment seemed insurmountable. It seemed like I had nothing to hope for. It seemed like I would never have anything of value in my own life to even stick around, which is precisely why I almost took my own life. And it's also precisely why I think there's I've had all these various divine encounters and stuff like that 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 have kind of led me to here. But I think what it takes to go from, pardon the pun, but from stuck to unstoppable Right. So stuck is not making progress. Unstoppable is consistently making progress. It comes down to resilience. It comes down to being able to answer the question. If I'm going to go down fighting, why don't I or if I'm going to go down, why not do it? So fighting. And that became the truth of my life. And it actually came back from Steve Mark. One of one of the things he mentioned early on in in my young adulthood, I guess I was probably maybe mid-teens. He uh, pulled me in his Jeep Jeep Grand Cherokee. It was, it was like super hot outside, right? So I was, I was excited to get the air conditioned because I've been outside working all day. And uh, he said, what's the difference between a rich man and a poor man? And I was like, well, that's kind of a strange question, but like money? He said, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. And it, the crazy part was, is it's like he, he would have popped me in the back of the head. I think if he could have reached me, like, come on, kind of thing, like think deeper kind of thing. But I hadn't learned to think deeper yet. And he said, absolutely not. It's the way they think. But the next question he asked me right after that really cut me, uh, and it cut me in a good way because I'd never thought about it. You see, so people, so many people get used to living the life that they've been living, that they forget that they can create a new one anytime they want. Right? They get so used to uh, focused on the outlook that they've had and uh, how the outlook, outlook shapes tomorrow. And you know, I'm not, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I never have the resources all this kind of stuff. And I was definitely in that zone. My family was in that zone. One of my f- first things my father ever said to me was scoggins don't get ahead. They get by specifically because oh, I was asking him, Hey, I want the new Nike's tennis shoes. You know, when I was shopping at Walmart, my shoes had Velcro on them. I'm like, I can't go into school with these things. You know what I'm saying? And in that moment, Steve was trying to teach me something very specific. First of all, he taught me that it was possible to believe in myself at a different level But sometimes you need someone to believe in you until you believe in yourself. And I think every single entrepreneur on the planet has been there at least once, if not a dozen times. The second thing that he taught me was. You're going to have to change a few things, because the question that he asked me next was this. He said, do you want to be like me or do you want to be like your father? In that moment, I had this image of my father pop up. We don't have enough. We're working crazy hard. It's always hot. It's always cold. It's always bad weather. We always seem to kind of struggle to get by. We always get by. We always make do. We always do okay. But it's always a struggle. Or I can look at Steve Myrick, who was one of the most affluent men that I knew. But on top of his affluence, he had this humble confidence and this grace and this mercy that was kind of like this, this almost like a humming undertone that followed him around wherever he went. So much so that on lunch breaks, a lot of times we would leave the job sites and he and his wife would actually be sitting in the same restaurants we would be sitting in having a lunch, you know, having a burger or having, you know, his, one of his favorite things was the fried shrimp or whatever. Right. So we go to these different barbecue places or whatever. And inevitably if it was a new place and he had a waitress or a waiter in that matter, I, th- I saw the waiter once, saw the waitress several times that he discovered that was a single mom or had some kind of like difficult challenging ex- environment or experience or existence. He would actually show them grace and mercy and not say a word. And here's what I mean by that. It was nothing for him to literally leave $1,000 in cash, which is big money in the 90s, kind of big money now if you think about it. At least yeah, yeah, me. indeed. Right? Under a napkin, he would walk out the door with his wife. They would go back about their day. He'd never say a word. He never bragged about what he, what he gave or how he shared or whatever. He never, he never bought things to show off. Instead, what he did was he would wait not knowing that that seed had, had bared fruit. I would then watch that waitress or that waiter come in, specifically the waitress, the one that comes in my mind, was named Amy with orange hair, red hair, technically. Yeah. And completely collapse, crying. And then go tell her coworker, I needed $200 to pay my life. Be like, I, got, I, got, I can get groceries too. And like, he would do that stuff repetitively. But to go, so back, when- to,
0: to go back to your question though, like the question he posed to you, about do you want to be like me or like your father? That, that doesn't feel like an easy question to answer.
1: No, no, it didn't. But I think it's, it was one that needed to be answered. Yeah. Because I was already on a trajectory to, like most people, to follow the same framework or lack thereof of what their parents had before them. And I was doing the very same thing, right? I was destined, maybe I would own a business, but I wouldn't know how to manage money. I wouldn't know how to manage payroll. I wouldn't know how to leverage resources. I wouldn't, I, you know, I, wouldn't know, I wouldn't have a business acumen to then draw upon to then ultimately build something successful, aka what some refer to as an empire kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Steve Barrick taught me that so much more was possible, but I was going to have to think differently. And when he said the difference between a rich man and a poor man, he wasn't necessarily just talking about money. He had a beautiful marriage. He loved his wife. They did almost everything together. He had his best friend, right? He he was a community impactor. He always did right by the community. He had a great reputation in the business marketplace. And one of the things, one of the greatest lessons that I learned from him that I even talk about even today is the fact that he created a legacy that outlived him, which is my primary goal in life. Here's what I mean by that. I'm fortunate enough and blessed enough to be on stages from time to time and share my heart. Sometimes with small audiences, a few hundred, and sometimes with large audiences, a few thousand. I'm able to write books. I'm able to run businesses. I'm able to have a family in an environment that I was even in this morning. I woke up this morning. I do this gratitude thing this morning, and I was walking through our new house that we just finished building, and I was like, Thank you. And I'm content. Like, I need nothing else. And I want people to be able to experience that for themselves. And the only way they get there is to kind of follow in my shoes a little bit and do the same things. Steve, Steve told me a long time ago, he's like, look, you have to be willing to do today what others won't so you can have tomorrow what others don't.
0: Yeah, I love that quote. You,
1: you I'd know? like to
0: unpack a little bit here because you're, you're yeah. clearly you know, paying it forward. right? In, I'm, in I'm doing my best. But yeah. let's go through the characteristics. I like, I like you know, these conversations to be as practical for people as much as they are inspirational. Sure. So what was it about this guy? Obviously, made a huge, you know, impact on you. But what mm-hmm. were the things that really stood out? You've mentioned a couple of them already, but if you were yeah. going to summarize, you know, how how does someone, you know, you, you mentioned this this almost this vibration, this kind of when mm-hmm. he was around, you could feel this presence,
1: this yeah. being
0: comfortable. Just try and unpack that for me.
1: I think when it comes down to, he was incredibly intentional. Mm. Not to the not to the tone of he was analysis paralysis, but intentional. He made every person in his sphere of influence, okay, walk into a restaurant. He made them he made them feel four specific things that I've described as being four basic human needs. Seen, heard, valued, and appreciated. Seriously, I mean, that's he made everybody feel that way. You think about the waitress, you think about me, even my father. He tried, he tried, he tried first with my father to get him to get the shift. But unfortunately, my father was struggling with alcoholism the vast majority of the time he was trying. And I think I was like, I'm going to pour this into somebody. So he was incredibly intentional. He was inc- incredibly generous. He was also incredibly framework driven. So one of the things that's come up is he taught me the power of a principle. Okay. I'm going to try my best to unpack this word and make it as clear as possible.
0: You're doing a good job, man. Oh, <laughs> thank you. The, of those four areas that you mentioned before, and you know, being seen, being heard, being valued, being appreciated. That was great. I love, I love things that are simple for people to understand, but not necessarily easy to put in practice. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So keep going. So take me through the, the, as yeah, you said. I mean,
1: so he, I had this, um, I was on stage not too terribly long ago, and I had this quote that came out like kind of organically, and I was like, ooh, that's a truth. And the, and the quote is this, principles govern promises. Principles govern promises. A principle is nothing more than a decision that's already predetermined. So for example, in, your, in our world, business, right? Never a principle of good finance, never leverage yourself too far right? There's, there, there's a portion, there's, there's analytics, there's data, there's things that have to be considered before you can do, you can utilize that to make a good judgment. Okay. A lot of young entrepreneurs, I think we were on a clubhouse not long ago and a guy was like, how do I know when it's time to borrow money? I'm like, well, how old is your business, dude? Oh, I just started it. You need to grind it out for a little while so you can make it without borrowing money or getting investors. Like try, like, you know, get out there. Right. <laughs>
0: Well, I fully agree with that, by the way. And, and yeah, <laughs> that, that could take us in a totally different tangent. Let's keep on this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. You know, so when you look at it as a holistically principles, govern promises, if you want to live out a different promise, there's a, not even a high likelihood, I would even dare say hundred percent, you're living by the wrong principle. So my father's principles that he used to live by borrow and never repay, buy it now, pay for it later. Climb over, claw over, do whatever you got to do to, to get ahead, right? None of these things are going to serve you in the end. Contrast that with Steve, principle, generosity, being frugal, being wise, doing his due diligence with business stuff, being intentional with relationships. Those are different sets of principles that then deliver by, almost by automatic. It's almost like osmosis. A better lifestyle, a better business, a better relationship, a better family life. When you understand that everything comes down to principles, even when I've heard you speak and teach on the clubhouse stages, you're always teaching by principle. Well, this is the principle that guides that choice. This is the principle that guides that decision. And people have to take the subconscious and make it conscious. They have to stop reacting and now begin to respond with thought and with accuracy. And all of that stuff is stuff that I saw within Steve. You know, Steve, that whole legacy, creating a legacy that outlives you. Steve was not famous. No one knows who Steve was until this podcast. His legacy is being lived out through me because he made such an impact. And one of the things that I know that we, you and I both share is this love for helping people create impact. Because we know if we create impact, good things are going to happen for everybody involved. And I'm a big fan of impact over incomes. And all of that came from Steve and principles. It's funny, isn't it?
0: I, I I call, I call it standards, Mm -hmm. same sort of thing, or certainly in the same frame because, you know, standards are a choice, right? You can have, and it's not to say it's high or low, they're different for different people, but they are, as to use your word principles that you can then govern things by that create Mm -hmm. a bedrock to then make decisions, then have actions that then have impact that have results. So I I love all that. So, so from those, let's call it foundational principles, Mm -hmm. how have you built on those? How have you taken what you were given and and maybe improved or extended them to make them your own?
1: Yeah, so I think the number one thing that I would say that most entrepreneurs or business owners aren't doing that they should be doing more of is quiet time with this thing, a pad, pencil, a pen, whatever device you have in reflection. And I typically use four specific questions that I picked up from a good friend of mine uh, to help guide where I am in the moment that then helps me shape the kind of principles or kind of learning or even mentorship that I need to then take me to a new level. And the four questions are what's right. So what's going right in my life? How, how, you know, what's, uh, what, what's going on in relationships, my business, what can I be thankful for because that always shows where your hidden DNA is where some of your hidden value system is where, you know, you mentioned your standards that's going to come out kind of in there. This is, these are the things I stand against and stand for. The second one is what's confusing like right now, like, you know, What's confusing? Why won't the internet just be stable and we can, you know, <laughs> not have problems all of a sudden. We've both been on podcast all day, right? You know, what's missing? What information, what knowledge, what mentorship, what strategy, what technique, what data? Like what, what what's missing? And the last one is actually what's wrong. Now, the what's wrong is kind of a tricky one because when I first started doing these questions on a regular basis through the process of reflection, again, you can use those four questions in any area of life, including your businesses, in all of them, okay? When I first started looking at the what's wrong question, I used to notice that what's wrong had this long list and everything else was kind of like, had like sprinkles. And then I had this interesting epiphany. Almost every single thing that I thought was wrong in my life or my business was directly connected to what was missing or what was confusing. So what what needed to be discovered, explored, or what needed to be clarified. You see, what's right, the things that are what's right, you amplify. The things that are missing, you discover, find, explore. The things that are confusing, you clarify. A lot of times with mentorship and outside advice, the things that are, the things that are wrong, seldom are actually wrong. They're just misidentified. And once you understand that, now you're able to shape steps, principles, and strategies, and now you're not stuck anymore.
0: Man, I love that. You know The, the gift of, of these conversations is I get to learn something new <laughs> as well. <laughs> Where did that come from?
1: Dude, I, I, think, I think it's like you, man. I, I just think if your eyes, your ears, and your heart's open consistently, the world is going to teach you stuff on a regular basis. It just is. And you can either be intentional and aware, including being self-aware, which is a major definer in key leadership, or... You can walk around with your life with blinders on. And as a result, you're not going to see the hidden gems that are all around you. One thing that Steve taught me, and even Susan Bass, a woman that, um, aka Mama Wama was her nickname, that talked me off out of taking my own life. Two things that they both shared in common. They were intentionally curious, constantly. I later learned that both of them had incredibly difficult upbringings, but also were able to develop certain levels of success within both of them. They both taught me different things. But if you're not curious, you'll never be creative. It takes curiosity to be creative and even innovative. I mean, you think about the, um, the iPhone right back in the day. We'll take our boy Steve Jobs, right? Big, big movement. Okay. His, his curiosity was, huh, I wonder if I can take the MP3 player and add a phone to it. Hey, guys. Yeah, but let's 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 talk this through. Yes, he looked he looked some different technologies, some other things to kind of bring it to fruition. But hey, I'm curious. Can we can we take the the iPod and turn it into a phone? Never been done before. Can we can we make it like a touchless, like no 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 buttons? Huh? Are you serious? No buttons? How are you gonna call people? You know you see what I'm saying. I know
0: I can, I can, I'm visualizing this happening. I can imagine it's probably almost word for word exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> well, probably his, his leadership style and mine are a little bit different, but, you know, but, no. I, but I think that's where everything comes from. You know, I've been able to weather certain various downturns. Now, obviously COVID threw a huge spin for everybody, right? But if I hadn't been living by principles decades earlier that prededicated or predefined my choices before I had to make them in many respects, I would have been in the same boat that a lot of of entrepreneurs were in, which is everything's amazing, everything's going good, we're in a bull market, I can invest, I can do-da-da-da-da, there's so much liquidity, there's money everywhere, everybody's looking to do whatever. Or I can remember what Steve taught me. Remember, Stephen, in every bull market, a bear always follows the bull. And in every bear market is always followed by a bull market. You need to learn to find the skills of living in a proportionate realm. So having certain levels of liquidity. Now, he used money. I'm just using, we're using terms that obviously we, we've we kind of worked with. But yeah. liquidity, never leverage your, now I'm a debt-free fanatic. So all my businesses are debt-free. And I did it the hard way. Yes, I could have got here probably quicker borrowing money. I just, I've just kind of been a fanatic about it. It's, it's my thing. It's my stick. Um, <laughs> right. But at the, grand scheme of, at the grand scheme of things, he was telling me a long time ago to always be prepared for bears because bears always follow bulls, which means you're always supposed to have assets and capital and things that you intentionally deploy when markets are not great. Not when markets are great, you deploy your money necessarily. So, for example, when COVID happened with my businesses, I was able to go to my team day one and say, guys, there's nothing to be scared of. We have time. You're not, you guys are not losing your job. We're going to figure out what the market's going to do. We're going to watch, be curious, be creative, be innovative, look for different ways. We are going to focus on trying to cr- cut as many expenses, as much fluff as possible. We're going to look at new ways to try to work together and try to drive out inefficiencies. And in the event that we get into a problem situation, we have tripwires. And I, and I articulate here, our tripwire one is here. Tripwire two is here. Tripwire three is here. And as the, the team went home and said, honey, you're not going to believe this. I know we were terrified last night. We were going we to we be losing everything and, and we were going to be in this mess. Leadership over at CHE. They said, we got time. We got time. You take stuff like that and you're better prepared. The other thing that allowed me to do is I bought. I bought some Apple on sale. I bought some hotels on sale, right? I bought some Disneyland on sale. I also bought some real estate on sale because people that are driven by fear Never actually find fortitude. In order to find fortitude and stability and, 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 and have the gravity to, for expansion and scaling, you have to spend more time in the logical place and in the imagination space than anywhere else. If you get emotional, you are going to do stupid stuff with zeros. And I have done stupid stuff with zeros many times, many, many times along the way. So it's a long-winded answer, but I hopefully I to-
0: No, it's a great answer, and that's why I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to let you go on that one because you know, because you're right. Because there's a lot of, and I've covered this quite a bit, particularly as we've had different conversations around fear and uncertainty mm-hmm. and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But like anything, like wh- where where something is affecting the masses, there's mm-hmm. huge amounts of opportunities if you can mm-hmm. kind of live in that eye of the storm, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. You see things and do things that everyone else isn't doing. Exactly. Right. We're about to go through what I think is going to be a global inflation play. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Massive.
1: Yeah. I'm already seeing it it massive.
0: Well, yeah. So, so investment in assets, I mean, if you've got assets now, right. You know, you are absolutely protected. You're going to fly through this, but people who have, who have not taken advantage of that are going to struggle. So I love the way you articulated that. It was, it was really, really strong, really good. Awesome. So to go back on the theme here, which we're talking about, which is principles and, and those sort of things, what, what would you say, uh your top 3 defining principles for your life i know we've covered mm. some but yeah, i'd no, like to get a little a, bit more
1: specific uh number one principle for me <clears throat> is going to be impact over income that's what i'm focused on impact over income <clears throat> now i'm in a position where i'm not so reliant on income that i have some choices um so you know it's it's it, it takes some time to get there i think i'll go back to steve's number 2 right Be willing to do today what others won't so you can Mm -hmm. have tomorrow what others don't. I love that one. I think that that's number one. And I think the number three is probably going to be more of an understanding. Because one of the things that I see with a lot of, I've seen, so I've worked with and seen a lot of very successful entrepreneurs, nine figures, some, some case approaching 10 figures in some, in certain instances, many of them have. Peace and wealth in their business, but they don't have peace and wealth in their family or their life. Say sacrifice one to obtain the other. A lot of times that's meaning generated. There's certain, and a lot of times those folks are, are searching more than anything for a clear purpose. So I think the third one is going to be more of an understanding slash principle. And that is you only find purpose if you're walking in purpose on a daily basis. So be intentional. Be intentional, be focused, be committed. I think, I guess, I think that technically is all number three. <laughs> so I think- Did you a, ever, did that's... you
0: ever point within, when you know, when you were building these businesses where, where you didn't understand that, where the, the oh, business course. was- Of course. So just, yeah. um, just again, let's, let's talk about that a bit. Cause I think sometimes when I get people on the show and they've, they've created success, they've created wealth, people mm-hmm. don't appreciate the journey. Yeah. yeah. So let's understand that.
1: Yeah, I think, I think entrepreneur and media as a whole, um, entrepreneurship and media as a whole, I think we vastly overrate the success and vastly underrate the grind or the, or the get there kind of thing. Um, I've been through some pretty difficult things in business. Uh, when I first got started, I was more focused on eating and getting shelter, obviously. I wasn't thinking about scaling a business or building a business. And I think you need to understand the season that you're in with your business. Um, I've been through situations where I was an incredibly bad leader. Largely because I didn't want to tell my team where I came from, I had you know I had gotten to a place of probably ten million dollars in top line revenue with my first company before I started looking at any other ventures, um, where a reputation was good, I could buy things that I wanted, the market was good, but I would drive and drive and drive my team members, and they wouldn't understand why I was driving them, like why I was trying to innovate constantly, and I'm like what's up with all this change? Like the change is constant. Can not we get a breather for a minute? right and then i would get defensive and i would respond out of defensive even angry even and <clears throat> it took me a while to understand that i was causing disruption within my own organization chasing great people away all because i wasn't really willing to be vulnerable and transparent and honest about who i was where i'd been or why i was so driven to do the things that i was doing and the moment that i did that that i finally said you know what guys I know I act like it's, I, I have all the answers. I know that um, you guys are, will come to me for answers, but I got to be honest with you. I don't know what I'm doing. Not with this and not with that and not with this. You know what they said? We've known that for a long time, like, right? You know, so you're not hiding anything, you know, but when, when I did that, all of a sudden, they went from pushing away to leaning in, right? And I think that's, I think that's part, a natural progression of an entrepreneurship journey for anyone who's going to scale a business, the greatest mistake I ever made in building businesses specifically was not building myself. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I assume that I'm already a gifted entrepreneur, dude. There's so much stuff I can learn from you. Like when it comes to scaling organizations, right. There, there, there's so much stuff I can learn from Bose, so much stuff I can learn from Evan and gosh, um, Joe Foster. I had him on not long ago, the founder of Reebok. There's, I mean, there's so much wisdom that falls off everybody. Like, and Steve Mark taught me to be a constant student. And to open yourself up to be the real you. And as you're the real you, all of a sudden that the team members that were, you were pushing away are all of a sudden the team members that are now coming forward. And they're also saying, hey, guys, I think he's got it figured out now. Come on back. Like, like let's, let's work together. Seriously.
0: Seriously. No, I, I get it. I, I, there was a, I think someone told me, I maybe an old boss. I can't remember who it was. It was such an impactful point that they made. Um, there was, you know, you've got to be a different person at home to work. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for years in my corporate world, I was, I was this, and what was funny, right? Is I was really terrible at leadership mm-hmm. because I'd turn up there trying to be the guy, right? Mm-hmm. The corporate guy, yeah. but it wasn't me, but someone yeah. said, that's how you get ahead. And I did get ahead in terms of promotions and stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't bring anyone with me. Yeah. Until I, until I really realized, actually, I just need to be me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People, and when you're, it's the funny thing is when you're the real you, there's something interesting that happens in the people around you you begin to expel the people that can move you forward or can hold you back and you begin to kind of bring in the people that can move you forward yeah. in almost every case and you know it works like a magnet almost but the magnet starts with you every time 100% i was um, working with a with a guy who had a um he he's probably a couple hundred million i think and he'd been crazy successful had all the he has all the stuff uh, his marriage was a mess he couldn't understand why his, his kids barely didn't want to associate with him. And we went through a transformational process, uh, some of which I teach to transform you. And I was like, dude, you're not, you're not being authentic. Where does, where does this need to create this level of wealth? Is it, where is it coming from? Because if it's coming from fear and insecurity, it's never going to give you the fulfillment and or the peace of mind that it should. And he had a, a, just a major shift. He was like, well, my father said I was never enough. And he began to tell me the story about his dad and how and how he always felt like he'd never measure up. And the only time his dad ever paid attention to him when he was like going through some super awesome sporting events or something when he just, you know, he just he was just he's just a breakout star. He said, that's the only time my dad would actually give me any kind of like any kind of uh, affirmation or like self-imposed value. And I was like, well, help me understand this. So that's causing you to think that your meaning is tied to constant accomplishments. I never really thought about it like that, but yeah, I guess so. Huh. So, what needs to change? I guess I need to understand who I am, who I really am, why I'm really here, and what to do about it. You're clearly a gifted entrepreneur. Like you're doing, you're crazy successful. So, you clearly have a knack for success, i.e., entrepreneurship. But how can you actually scale that in an emotional way? For example, A lot of entrepreneurs, and I was guilty of this myself, a lot of entrepreneurs treat their team members like employees. They also treat their family like employees. I've learned to teach everybody like a customer to the best of my ability. I want to know what you have to say. I want to make sure you understand that I value your presence. And I want to help you discover whatever opportunities that you want in your own life. And I want to help you get there.
0: All right, so what I'd love to do is just go back one one step when we talked about purpose Mm -hmm. do you i'm getting a sense that you have a clear idea of what that is for you yes when did you discover that properly was it was it it must have been at some point in the journey that you know i'm not saying you didn't have purpose at the beginning but there's a point now where you're doing something very very you're passionate so much about the mission that you're on when did you discover that
1: i think i could have discovered it earlier because i was automatically trying every time i would see someone who had immediate potential. Right. So I'm a, I'm somebody who's that's one of my superpowers is I can see potential in people that they can't see themselves. Maybe because that's the gift that I was given. Right. Um, A lot of times in in times past, I would push people towards that potential and they would not be ready for it yet. It would cause them to kind of repel away. But I think the first time that I actually noticed what I was doing, where it actually became a practical use of a strength or gift that I have was a young man who's actually working for one of my businesses now. His name's Connor. He came to my house. Um, I, my son's, my son was his brother's best friend. And this guy was a, he wanted to be an entrepreneur, super excited about it. Young gun. You know, I think he was maybe 20 or 21 years old at the time. And he came to me and we spent about four and a half hours and he peppered me with questions specifically on faith and business. And I don't know what came over me that night, but I had the answers to the vast majority of the questions that he was asking. And I think what drives me is knowing that someone's future is only one aha way. And oh, wow. then I watched the I just watched the lights come on. Watch the lights come on. I was like Suck. he's like I got it. Right? And then once you, once the aha happens, now you can start beginning to take steps forward. You might you're not gonna go from zero to a billion dollars unless you're the buddy that we were talking about or whatever that went from zero to twenty-eight, man. Goodness gracious million. Good God,
0: Lord. I know crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that though, but that what a gift to be able yeah. to get someone to that aha moment. You know, maybe yeah, the well, first one that unlocks what they then step into next.
1: Exactly. And then I said, well, what okay, so and then I was in my remember earlier, I, was, I mentioned the the quadrants, if you will, and asking mm. those questions. In my reflection time, I said what resonates with me about this young man and why do i want to help him so much like why do i want to personally stop what i'm doing go over to this young man and give him as much information mentorship inspiration whatever as i possibly can why and then believe it or not in the quietness of my spirit i heard it because he's just like you He's just like you. You see, I'm a big believer that purpose is, it really comes from serving the person you used to be. Or the two other areas are serving the person you once loved or serving the person you couldn't save. So serving the person you once loved comes out in a variety of different forms. Um, you think about Susan B. Coleman, uh, you know, the breast cancer awareness entity that came out of loss. Mothers Against struck Driving came out of loss. And those are huge, massive organizations. Serving the person you couldn't save might be something along the lines of um, someone who creates an initiative or a business dedicated to the passionate pursuit of solving a massive problem, like a, maybe a, a version of cancer, right? Or something like that. It's, there's, we all have these, these various levels of purpose within us, right? I did a study not long ago. I wish I had the details in front of me, but that people at, call it the top one or 2%, one or have eight or more life, or I say life slash business mastery skills, meaning they've, they've got a skill that's so well-oiled, so well-machined, so well-experienced, that's been done over and over and over and over and over that they can do it in their, sleeps, their sleep. Those very same people, only 35% of them share that with anybody else. So they go and, they go and create massive organizations, massive businesses, massive success, at least on paper. And then they unfortunately leave this world missing the greatest opportunity on the planet, which is to create a legacy out that lives you. What if, Nick, what if you and I and people like us to take all of our experience, all of our wisdom, all of the knowledge that we gain the hard way, all the, the bruises and the scrapes and the, and, the, and the broken bones along the way, right? And we could go out and save someone a decade a decade of creating the right organization that somehow changes the world. Maybe they invent the next iPhone-related product, which we obviously we don't know what that is, but, but maybe <laughs> they do, right? Maybe they do. Maybe they actually d- develop a blockchain currency that doesn't seem so scary. I don't know, right? But whatever it is, what if we did that, but in the means of doing that, that massive organization, that massive innovation, there is an organization that deeply cares about the commitment to the team, deeply cares about making sure that everyone seems seems valued and heard dude i just had a team member come to me he was offered 20 more thousand dollars a year to take on a new role he turned it down because he likes working here seen valued and heard all day long you
0: don't know the impact of that pebble that goes in and makes the ripple that then turns into something else for good okay. and for bad. And, right. and the reason behind that question also was, and you, you answered it brilliantly, was um, Dr. John Martini talks about that your voids become your values. Yeah. So the things right. that are missing, you know, become the things that become your highest purpose mm-hmm. and the things that you then get the most energy from. That's quite an interesting. and that that concept has been proven, going back into the Stoics and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. sometimes we forget that, like you know in this chaotic <laughs> world of iPhones and everything else.
1: yeah, right? <laughs> distraction. So let's
0: Let's talk about um what you've got coming up. So you've got Transform you uh, in mm-hmm. October this year. Yep. let's uh, let's
1: talk a little bit about that to finish up with today. Oh gosh. Uh, man. What can I, wanna, I say? Just, this is
0: just for me, by the way, because I'm dead yeah. curious now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what can I say? All right, so uh, I bought a live event center a few years ago. And uh, one of my greatest moments of missing, so to speak, you just, you just mentioned it briefly, what came of value was uh, I had this episode where my executive team, I had to fire them overnight and uh, for embezzlement and some other things. And I was stepping on f- stage for the first time to teach a, my first transfer you in 2017. And we invited a couple hundred people did amazingly well, did exactly what I wanted to do, which is transform lives, which is great. Um, I then went from that environment and then I began walking my way through the, the, the turmoil of putting the pieces back together, of the business. And then I kind of felt like the semblance of what looking at the world, looking at COVID, looking at everything that's shaping out around us. I said, what's missing from the world? What's missing from all the gurus? What's missing from all the, the supposed guys, guides? And it was a practical framework, a practical step. So I began looking, okay, well, what did I do from going from homelessness to where I'm at today? What were the practical steps? How did I overcome limiting beliefs? How did I overcome fear? How did I overcome mindset issues? How did I overcome not being able to manage my life by principles? How did I not be able to, to set clear outcomes and goals and milestones and routines and all the things that shape all of this? And I said, you know what? It would be really cool if this event was something different, something special. So I went ahead and invested quite a bit of money in our live event center to give an experience uh, that can only be, it can't even be described. It has to be felt. It has to be felt, but on top of that feeling, it also has to be applied. So I went out to the marketplace and I found 10 of my, my, my favorite thought leaders and friends. And I said, Hey guys, I'm doing Transform you live. We're going to call it. We're going to do a virtual plus. I'm gonna allow 300 people into our building um, for a live event experience, which we are approved to do. We've got a COVID Safety practices down pat a whole document of the whole deal. But more importantly, we're gonna stream in three thousand people from anywhere in the world that are the person I used to be, people who are, are needing clarity oh, and direction and a framework. And the more and more I did that, the more and more they were like, dude, I'm not, I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Tom Bilieu, Lisa Bilieu, Evan Carmichael, Anthony Trucks, Mel Abraham, gosh, Amberly Lago, uh Ampelonia Ponte, Tracy Litt, Ray Higdon, gosh. Mark Drager is gonna be gonna do some MC. I knew stuff about
0: again.
1: that. <laughs> and, and then Ira Davis is gonna be the flat, is gonna be the MC driving the bus for the whole event. And it's all geared to do one thing. It's geared to letting people take control of their life again. Because when you know, when you don't have complete control of your life, you're not gonna have complete control of your business. When you don't have control of your business, man, it's a hot mess. So why not come feel it, see it, interpret it, like get it. And the best part is I made a resource that every single ticket that someone invests in doesn't just allow them to invest in themselves. It also comes with a version of that ticket for someone else in need that can stream in as well. So we're going to do 3,300 plus people. It's going to be amazing. We're going to transform some lives. And this is going to be the first of some massive events coming down the pipeline. So that's transform you.
0: Wow. Wow, man. That's, that's, Incredible. And you know, what's, what's cool, right? Is we started this conversation talking about impact and legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Intention and all this sort of stuff. That's amazing. So the, the amount, you know, just some small names that you're going to have on stage there, right? Not, 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 <laughs> not anyone, not Look, anyone. That's here's the kind deal. Of like, you
1: can't get those people in the same room for like, no. like 30 grand.
0: <laughs> like it's well, like, I was going to say, but, but, but it's also like, you know, that they're, that they align with, again, what you're trying to create, right? You know, so you're yeah. the centerpiece of this. I know it's not about you and you're a humble guy, but that's incredible, right? In terms of legacy and in terms of impact, like we started this conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know that I'm not the, the end-all, be-all the answer to everything. There's a ton of me that I can pour out to people that has already been proven to set people free, um, which is precisely why I said, you know what? Who are some of the most amazing people that I greatly respect? I mean, even Evan's coming. Evan Carmichael's coming to teach on Believe. Like, it's going to be amazing. You know, and you know, I'm going to put all these people in the same room. I'm going to let them do what they do best, which is inspire, teach, and make, bring practicality to life. It's going to be, I don't know, man. It's just, it's going to be the first of many.
0: Your, your venue is <laughs> going to be potentially too small. I think it is. I mean, yeah. have you, have you, so when does, um, when does this go live for people to be able to go to it?
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you what, for your audience right now, uh, they, they can go to, to dot slash transform you. And that's with the letter you live. So transform the letter you live all one word, no hyphens, no dashes. And they can actually see the, they can actually see the whole page for themselves and, and see if there's something they want to invest in. But my goal is to not only transform their lives, but to transform the lives around them, which is precisely the reason we built it that way. So that's gonna be the easiest way. Um, I'm gonna do some much extra special stuff in the near future, so just stay tuned.
0: Love it, man. Well, we've had a few challenges today. We've had <laughs> tech, tech challenges, kids screaming challenges, human error. <laughs> yeah, life, baby. Life. But that is life. But you know what? We've had a great conversation. So really? I just wanna say, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people reach out to you specifically?
1: Yeah, no, I'd love to see you guys uh, at Steven underscore Scoggins at Instagram. So, you know, that's a P-H. So S-C-O-G-G-I-N-S. And then, uh, yeah, come to Clubhouse and check me out. I've, I had to take a hiatus for a little while because I was getting burnt out by all the notifications. Oh. Like, good gracious, come on. Tell
0: me about it. Tell me about it. I'm there. <laughs> I, back to using the word that's been, again, another one of our things for today, intentional. I'm super intentional about Clubhouse now. You I, go, I go there to hang out with my friends, you know, which, which yeah. happens to be a lot of relationships I've built from being on stages and whatever for the last few months. But, uh, yeah. exactly. But now listen, mate, it's been awesome. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation challenges aside. It was great. The stuff that you talked about was brilliant. The one thing that I'm going to take away is the four questions. Absolutely. Because I love that. I mean, I find that when I give myself the time to reflect and ask powerful questions, mm-hmm. things change. Yes. Things, you know, my brain gets into a different cog or something like that. And then things start to wire. So that, I mean, everything you said was great, but that's something I'm definitely going to take away and add to add to my life. Um,
1: Rock right on. Now. Awesome. I mean, look, the brain wants clarity. Best way to get clarity is to ask great questions. That's simple. Awesome.
0: Well, listen, Stephen, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for inspiring and educating the SUYB listeners. It's been an absolute pleasure, sir.
1: The honor is all mine, my friend. Anytime you need me, I'm here.
0: And there you have it, another episode of Scale Up Your Business. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show become even better. And while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button to help you on your scale-up journey. Now, perhaps you're thinking of growing and scaling your business. Perhaps now is the time. If that's you, then please check out suyb.global. That's where we have all of our programs, including the Growth Accelerator Partnership, the Maximize Value Partnership, all of our services, and of course, coaching and mentoring. Once again, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Until next time.